and welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Going for Two, presented by Home Field Apparel. I am your host, the publisher of the Extra Points newsletter, Matt Brown. I am joined here by my friend and colleague, Brian Fisher. We have an exciting show today, in part because it's not just Brian and I talking. I know that many of you are a little bit sick of talking about NIL. I understand that. I deeply respect it. I promise you don't hang up the podcast just yet because this is not a show where we're going to talk about are things off the rails? Is it the Wild West? Is this not sustainable? Are there two people getting too much money at Texas A&M? Well, we don't give a shit. Like that's that's not that's not what the show is. Well, I mean, I mean, we do care, but that's not what the show is. What I've been trying to think about is how can we talk about this, which is such a massive industry changing story. In, in, a, in a new perspective. And I, I think we're talking to somebody today, Brian, that that, that, uh, is, that definitely has a unique lived experience uh, in this world, right? Yeah, I'm talking with uh, Jack Best, the Amherst uh, wide receiver. I, I believe they call him the, the D3 king of NIL or something something along those lines. I mean, it, yeah. it was not a nickname that uh, he, he gave him to himself, but uh, I think somebody, you know, it's, it's rare. We, we talk about NIL, you know, so much all, nowadays, and we always focus on the C.J. Strouds getting Bentleys and, and the uh, B. John Robinsons getting Lamborghinis and kind of those those big-time deals. But there's actually a lot of people in the marketplace in terms of these kind of smaller deals and, and as smaller schools, like this is, this is a thing that when, when NIL opened up, I, I think a lot of folks were, were really focused on that kind of top 1%. This is something that affects athletes at, at all levels. Uh, it affects athletes across all sports. And I think it'll be great to get some insight in terms of exactly what that means. Uh, maybe at a smaller school than, than you're kind of used to seeing. Yeah, there are, I care that an Ohio State quarterback is getting a Bentley, it, it, not just because I went to Ohio State and and and, but you know, like that's that that's that's an interesting story. I'm glad I'm glad he's getting a Bentley. That's a cool car. I drive a Kia Optima. I wish I drove a Bentley. That sounds pretty cool. I'm just so there's I, a lot. You more. know what? I I, I got to stop you on, on the Bentley there. Yeah. Like I, I'm kind of curious. Like we, we might have to do some some additional research on this in terms of some of these NIOs. Well, but like I mean, when you're getting one of those cars, like who's paying for the insurance for for that Bentley? Like how much is that? Okay. Right. That that was my they, first uh, thought. You know, maybe being the adult in the room, I'm like, how much no. is that insurance on that Bentley? Right. Okay. I'm glad you asked because you know what? We'll, we'll, let's hit this first because I had that exact same question, and then we literally brought this up in the Extra Points Discord server about. Like, you know what the other thing is? What, what, what's, what are the taxes on that? Yeah. And based on like our kind of back of the napkin, looking at, you know, this kind of asset class and what uh, state taxes are in Ohio, and what that looks like, a, a $150,000 luxury vehicle is going to be like around a ten dollars to $11,000 immediate tax hit and the insurance. Like, I, I, listen, I've... I know that I know that Ohio State's campus has changed since I've been there because I'm old. And as we will see over the course of this interview, I'm extremely old when we start talking about computers. But I don't know where you'd safely park it. So I, I would assume that this is, these kind of things are leases rather than just like outright giving somebody a car. And for somebody who is likely to be a top 15 draft pick, if not more, with loss of value insurance and guaranteed income, and, a, and an agent, I, I got to imagine somebody's paying for that, right? Like no one's asking CJ Stroud to pay $600 a month for car insurance. Uh, that, that, I, I, that's got to be what I, it is, I'm sure right? he's, Something he's making in enough to where it doesn't, doesn't matter too much, you know, on, on that front, you know, in terms of the, the actual NIL deals and, and, and the cash flowing his, to his bank account, I'm sure he could probably pick up the tab uh, for that. But yeah, I mean, like it, it's those things that you kind of don't don't really think about sometimes that uh, maybe maybe the adults in the room are like, how do you pay for the insurance? How do you pay? Like, like what if it gets dinged? Like, like is that part of the lease agreement? Like, 
and when we talk about lawyers looking over some of these NIL deals, there, there's some fine print in there that, that could really get some of these athletes. And we, we certainly had that talk about, you know, around tax season, like make yeah. sure you're, you're, you're crossing your, your T's there in, in terms of some of those, uh, those, those things, those deals you're actually doing. But like, th- this is the other aspect of things that, that I do think that, you know, kind of can bring the NIL world into reality for a lot of folks out there, because you're right. You're, you're, everybody has to deal with some, some car payments and some, some insurance problems. And uh, now they, now these athletes, they're, they're growing up quick because they're, they are too. That, right. That's, that is what happens when you have expensive things and you live in places where insurance is, uh, is more expensive because cars get dinged and stolen and, and these, these kind of things happen. Those, that, those are a small percentage of the deals. I'm happy for everybody that gets a luxury automobile, especially if they have their paperwork squared away and don't get taken advantage of in some weird lease ag- 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 agreement. I'm happy for everybody that gets free discounted clothes and gets cash. There are a lot more schools that are not Ohio State than there are Ohio States. And there are a lot more athletes that are not CJ Stroud than there are CJ Strouds. So today, you know, talking about Jack, I'm, I'm excited about because there are more Division Three institutions than there are Division One institutions by a significant margin. Um, and, and this is somebody that's that's gone to, to a Division Three school that one, many people have heard of because it's a pretty good school. Um, and, uh, you know, came out of a, a place where, where high school football is very important, but has made a non insignificant amount of money, more than five figures, you know, reportedly through just hitting the pavement and trying to then trying to do some of these deals. I don't know if everything that Jack here has done, and we'll talk about this a little bit, is entirely replicable for every single Division three athlete, but some of it is. I so we wanted, we wanted to bring him aboard and and in full disclosure, this was an NIL deal with going for two. We paid Jack for this, right? He's going he's gonna to promote it on his social media. We've done this for a couple of other athletes, and we'll continue to do that this summer. We want to talk to him about what does this look like for a Division three get, kid, someone who's not on scholarship, who's almost never on TV, who's playing in front of high school crowds. How do you make some real money doing this? So without further ado, let's turn the floor over to Jack. All right, uh, Jack, thank you so much here for taking some time to chat with Brian and I. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Jack, let me uh, let, let me let me start here, I guess, by uh, I mean, ha- giving you a chance to introduce yourself here to our audience. Can you tell us a little bit about how you ended up uh, at the D3 level and and uh, and, and how you how you went from high school to your, your I guess your current college, that's uh, current college? Absolutely. Yeah, I, uh, I grew up in the Dallas, Texas area, uh, attended Episcopal School of Dallas, class of 2019. Uh, and I decided probably my junior year of college, I mean, of high school, that I really wanted to play college ball at the next level. Uh, so I started going to camps. I went to a lot of Northeast camps, uh, Dartmouth. I went to one of those. Amherst, of course, I went to one. Princeton, yeah. I went as well. And as we got more to the college decision deadline, um, it was Dartmouth and Amherst. Those were the top two. Um, and Amherst went ahead and was like, look, we really want you to join us. And I'd still had yet to hear back from Dartmouth. And I was like, you know what? I'll take the bird in hand. I'll go ahead sure. and go to Amherst and go Mammoths. Um, really great decision. I'm happy I made that decision. Uh, I've been, you know, the Division three level obviously is a little bit less intense than Division one level. Uh, and I, I really appreciate that because it gives, you know, the perfect balance of academics and athletics. Uh so yeah, Division three level is definitely the best way to go for me. I'm I'm curious. You weren't you weren't uh, you're not especially interested in staying home. Uh, the 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 a lot about the Northeast 
It's very different from Dallas, as I'm sure Brian can, can attest to here, yes. where, where there are no colleges that express interest or from the very beginning, you're like, no, I want to go where it snows and people wear flannel and there's no good barbecue. Is it was was that kind of the, the thinking from the beginning? Yeah, the thought process was I've spent 18 years of my life in the South. Um, I know what the South is all about. I think it's time that I get out there and experience more of what the world had to offer. Um, I visited the North several times and whether it be on camps, just on college visits, you know, I decided, you know, wouldn't it be nice if I could experience seasons for once, um, given the, the heat in Texas is year, almost year round. Uh, we have about a week of winter and a couple weeks of spring, but, uh, yeah, the, the Northeast is definitely a change. I have plenty of teammates that, you know, they're, they're from Boston, they're from New York, yeah. they're from Connecticut. And then you've got me from Texas. Um, but it's it's nice because I get to learn all about what their lives were like growing up in the Northeast. And that's all they knew. And of course, I'm, you know, the, the main educator on what good barbecue actually tastes like. Um, so, yeah, that's that was my path to choosing the Northeast. I mean, hey, it's not like it, it doesn't get cold in, in Dallas. Uh, famously, there was that, that the ice storm that came through yes. right uh, right at the time we hosted the Super Bowl. But, uh, you know, I'm kind of interested. You mentioned that balance between academics and, and athletics. I'm curious, maybe if you could just kind of walk us through a, a typical day of somebody, especially in season uh, at the D3 level, what you kind of go through in terms of that, that work-life balance, I guess you could say, in terms of uh, playing football and also um, hitting, hitting the books. Absolutely. Yeah, I apologize. My cat loves to join calls. So uh, that was what that was. Uh, but yeah, the typical life of a Division three athlete, depending on the day, um, some days we'll have film 7 a.m. So we'll have to make our way down to the field. Being a younger guy, you don't really have a car on campus. Um, so most of the time, a lot of the older guys, juniors and seniors, they'll come pick you up from your dorm, take you over to the field house, uh, and we'll have film either upstairs or downstairs, depending on you know where the offense and the defense is. Uh, after that, we'll hit the dining hall because, you know, athletes, we love to eat, uh, especially football players. I know the workers in the dining hall dread when the D linemen come in. Um, and then after that, I mean, my class schedule is usually I take four courses uh, and my class schedule is I like to get stuff done early. Um, so I, I like to hover around the 9 a.m., get done around 2 p.m., say. Uh, lunch around noon, 11.30 noon, depending on the classes, of course, because all my days don't look the same. Um, and then we had to practice around 3.30, 4-ish, uh, start practice around 4.30. Practice lasts two hours, uh, depending on how we did the week previous. And once practice is done, you really got to go get dinner and hurry up because you, I mean, at the Division three level, the academics are a little heightened as an athlete. Uh, especially at a school like Amherst College. So you got to hit the library, and I'm usually at the library probably like a, a 7 to 9, 7 to 10 type thing. Um, not always doing work. Of course, I'm there with friends. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's a busy day, definitely, but I appreciate how there's balance. It, it's, it's hard to think about balance when we're, when we're realizing that you might leave your dorm or your apartment at 630 and not come back yep. until 1030. Right. And, and and you're having you're still you're practicing what, four days a week during the season? Yep, four days a week of uh, padded and helmeted practices. And then Fridays are usually a lighter day. We'll probably have a practice jersey on and helmets. Um, and that's more of a walkthrough. I'm just preparing for, you know, 
the uh, the war that comes on Saturdays. Right, and you and you can bust basically everywhere you're playing against. Right, this they're, they're, you're, you're no no one's booking you to Mount Union or to Mary Hard and Baylor or something, and yeah, schlepping that far. Right, correct. Yeah, our, our furthest opponent uh, is actually up in Maine, um, so that's about I don't know four hours ish. Uh, it de- it definitely gets tiring to go on a bus, but I mean Maine in October really doesn't get better than that. There are there are definitely worse places to be. What is that, Colby? Is, Colby, is that the, yeah, yeah, Waterville, look, Maine. Hey, look, look go at ahead, that. I see you. No, uh, I, I mean I, I work in media, so that means I know people at Colby, yep, right? Gotcha. That's that's not that's not a typical uh, 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 thing that comes up. So let me let me ask you this because I've talked to I've talked to some people now at the D one level. Mm-hmm. Even at the Power Five level, that were like, you know, we didn't really know NIL was coming until like th- three days yeah. before 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 his rules change. We, we are so busy, we're not typically tracking Byzantine NCAA bylaw discussions. Right. Walk me through what your thought process was, and maybe that as some of your teammates or friends in these conversations leading up to last summer. Was this on your radar, or were you were you were you you know deeper into I don't know indigenous art or whatever it is that you're taking right now and not really thinking about that what's going on in indie yeah i mean i remember where i was the day the announcement came out uh i was on a family vacation in colorado and i got a notification on my phone ncaa approves name image and likeness legislation and so i'm sitting there thinking hey that's pretty cool there's you know there's a great local pizza spot maybe i can become a spokesperson for them um, and my parents and I, we got really excited, but then the reality kind of set in as I started talking to teammates, like we're the division three level, uh, which is kind of unfortunate because we started thinking, yeah, power five is probably going to get more activity than we do. Division one is probably going to be the target. So I just kind of let it sit and, uh, absorb everything that was going on around me for, from July until December ish. I guess. Um, and then once January came around, you know, we were on winter break. That's when I actually, I got a, my first NIL deal. So, uh, I, I guess it was a, a six month, let it simmer, think about it. And, uh, then we got to January and things really started kicking off. Tell me, tell me about how the, the, what, Tell me about the process that went from I'm in, I'm kind of thinking about this and reconciling mm-hmm. where I am in my market to, to getting your first deal because I think the number one bit of feedback that I hear from athletes is I don't know how to get started yeah. I don't know I, I don't even know how to engage with this world that I know exists how does somebody like you that doesn't have seventy five thousand Instagram followers and you're in Bumblefart Western Massachusetts no offense say that with love oh, right you're not, you're not in Boston yeah one taken. How do you find? How did you find the first gig? Yeah, uh, I was really fortunate when it came to my first deal. Actually, they came to me, uh, and I'll give a quick shout out: Lifestyle Bands. It's a premium wristband company. I've actually got one of them on right now. Um, they <laughs> look, came. Look, what a what a serious what a professional, right? right? You like that? You what like a, that? a pitchman after my own heart. No, we we love it. We love it. Go on, yeah, go on. Let me interrupt you. So they reached out to me. What was it like January? I want to say like the week of January 10th or something like that. And so they reached out to me. They're like, Hey, you know, we see you're a collegiate athlete. Would you be interested in a possible NIL deal to become a lifestyle bands athlete uh, in which I'd make a percentage of sales um, that I had created, whether it be a personalized link or a coupon code. And I was like, yeah, let me sit on it. Let me discuss with parents. Um, Let me see if other teammates have gotten any deals and just kind of look for advice. But after sitting on it for a little bit, my parents and I like, you know, what the heck, what's the worst that could happen? Um, 
and so from that you know day on uh 30 plus deals i'm attending the nil summit next monday and it's it's been really interesting i'd say I, the way i stumbled upon my first deal definitely very fortunate um and it won't happen for everybody so i'm i'm very thankful for the way it came along I mean, you mentioned the teammates there. What, what was their reaction to you kind of signing this deal? And, and, what, and maybe what was the reaction to the coaches as well? So the first deal, um, it was smaller, of course, but I got I instantly once I posted my graphic saying I'm officially a lifestyle bands athlete. I got texts instantly from coaches, teammates like, are you a sponsored athlete now? And I was like, yeah, I got my first NIL deal. And they're like, OK, OK, Mr. Big Time, we see you. Yeah, um, I mean, generally positive. And then as deals started to pile on, it was starting to get a little like, are you becoming an influencer or something? Um, but I mean, all generally positive. I will tell you, I've had to answer a lot of questions because Division Three out in the middle of Western Massachusetts, not a lot of people understand what NIL is. Um, and that goes for coaches and my teammates alike. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm guessing you probably didn't get a ton of education or programming or, or, or help from the school itself, right? Like, I'm like Amherst. I mean, you guys got what one compliance person, and that and that person's probably helping line the soccer field. Like, it's yeah. you don't have this army of people, you know, brand building, right? Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember we got to campus um, in August. We showed up, you know, because we had to, for our report date for football. And I remember we getting to campus and we all all the athletes got sent the NIL compliance thing, which was like, I don't know, like a 10 page sheet, um, just kind of talking about if you do get an NIL, NIL deal, here's how you have to disclose. Here's what you can and can't do. But I mean, 10 pages that I mean, that was pretty much it. Um, the majority of my education actually came from independent research and I guess reaching out to brand platforms, uh, NIL platforms such as Mogul. Um, yeah. they, they've helped me gain a lot of education in the space, both building my brand and making sure I'm staying compliant, uh, which is definitely really important because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get into any of that compliance stuff where I cross some line somewhere. So, yeah, no, but nobody wants to go to an NIL jail, no. <laughs> um, especially, especially not at this level. Do you, do you have any idea about maybe how many of your teammates are doing any deals at all? Like I'm, I'm imagining you are probably in the top 1% of division three, but yeah. I didn't know if you're, if you know, it's like, if you got anybody else that's, that's tagging along or doing a couple of these too. As of today, um, I've got a couple friends who signed up uh, for Mogul because they saw like, okay, this he's getting a couple of deals from Mogul. Uh, but to my knowledge, I'm I think I'm really the only dude on the team who's successfully completed a deal. There's been some interest. I know. I mean, we've got some incoming first years, which we had a call with the other day, um, and they're like, you know, Jack, could you uh, you know some, slide a couple nil deals our way? And I was like, absolutely. That's what I'm here for. Um, so that's also that's been an interesting thing as well, helping others uh, getting nil deals. Um, so just educating others, I guess that's also been really interesting. I mean, we do kind of see a lot, not even just at the D3 level, but, you know, really across the NCAA, kind of those those first in, uh, you know, athletes, they're kind of the facilitators around the rest of the team. And, you know, I'd be curious, who, who else do you kind of look for, uh, you know, around around the NCAA, other athletes, maybe even uh, kind of beyond athletics that uh, you kind of say, I, I can pattern myself after them? Good question. Um, I think around... I want to say mid-February, uh, I came across a young man, Raekwon Smith, uh, who's titled, he got the title of the king of NIL. Um, 
and he's got 50 plus deals. He attends Norfolk State. And, and so I kind of reached out to him. I was like, look, do you have any tips for somebody who wants to, you know, break ground in this space? I don't really see anybody else at the Division three level who, I don't know, is, is a big earner if you will. Um, and so I just kind of asked for tips and he and I went back and forth. We had a great conversation. Uh, and, and so I guess that's kind of where I got the idea of, okay, I have this knowledge. Now it's time for me to pass it on. Um, so Raekwon Smith, he's been very helpful uh, in the whole process of me building who I am. Um, and I actually get to meet him next week, next Monday at the summit. So we're very excited to get together. Have you had any of those kind of relationships with anybody else at like the division two or division three level or is there, are, are the other bench like benchmark people still at division one? Um, so another person at the division one level is Chase Griffin, quarterback for UCLA. He and I yep. have had some good conversations, but in terms of the division two and division three level, I've had more people reach out to me saying, look, I'm also at the division three level, but, you know, clearly we are not the same. I'm trying to get like you are. Uh, and so I've, I've been like, absolutely, I can help in uh, every way that I can. Uh, I, I've started tutoring people in this, this thing that I've coined, which I call the NIL cover letter, which is when you pitch to brands, whether it be email, Instagram, DM, they don't have a lot of time to research you, look up what you've done. So I've coined this cover letter in which it's kind of, kind of like a resume and NIL deal list type thing. It's my elevator pitch, if you will. Um, so I've helped people draft those. I've helped people create those um, and they've been successful. So, you know, that's how I, it's been. I, yeah, I mean, our, when I think of the mechanism that many athletes use to find these deals, they're with systems like mogul or mm-hmm. like market price or yep. any of these other marketplaces. Are they, are, have you found that it's easy to, to share a cover letter or to share that kind of eye grabbing information within the confines of that system? Or are you finding more success in pitching outside of marketplaces? I have definitely found more success independently. Um, that's just because how I started, that's what I was used to was independent, uh, you know, getting of these deals. But I've also found within the marketplaces, um, I mean, brands see it and they're like, wow, we've never seen this before. We definitely want to further further this conversation. Um, And Brandon Wimbush, I've even talked to him about maybe me helping other athletes that are on the mogul platform, uh, drafting their own NIL cover letter uh, or even adding a feature such as like upload PDF so I can upload it easier because I've had to like upload pictures of it. I mean, it's just been difficult, but I think independently, it's been a lot easier to send that, you know, NIL cover letter because it's just an attachment in an email. So at at the D3 level, I mean, is this mostly social media based? Are are you kind of doing more sponsorship stuff out in the community? Are you you signing Mm -hmm. autographs? Like, like what is kind of the, the, uh, the ask for a lot of these marketing deals? A lot of these deals is creating content. Um, I mean, I reach out to them via email. A lot of it has been free product. Um, and then they're just looking for promo. Some of it has been commission based, which is, you know, I create some sort of, you know, video or photo of the product and then I'll add my link in. Um, but the majority of them have been content creation based. Uh, and I, I'm definitely looking for it to diversify the portfolio. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm on autograph level where people actually value it, but Hopefully we'll get there after uh, this year, this season. So, um, I, I, 
one of the one of the, I'm, 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 one of the things that is also I think unique about your particular story, if I'm understanding this correctly, is mm-hmm. like your your mom, if I remember correctly, is a corporate attorney, right? And has done some work with Mogul, and obviously has a lot of experience on on the brand side. You know, maybe not necessarily in in, in marketing. To, to what extent do you think the the your, your family and some of the the kind of you know industry ties that you've been able to have to what extent do you think that that will help jumpstart some of these kind of conversations for you i think it's been very instrumental uh i grew i grew up around two lawyers my dad's also a lawyer um and i i saw how professional they were when they approached all their work um you know how upfront they were and i think that really rubbed off on me because when i reach out to brands they're like, golly, this, this, I've gotten feedback actually saying like, yeah. you're really professional uh, for somebody who's 21. Um, and so I think with their help, I've been able to understand like how to be successful in the business world because they've been doing it for upwards of 30 plus years now. Uh, sure. so, so they've definitely helped in, in my upbringing of becoming successful in the business world. Speaking of that upbringing, obviously, you know, coming from that that uh, Texas high school football culture, you know that uh, you can walk around the town and in, in Texas, especially some of the smaller towns, and and, and you can be kind of the, the biggest thing uh, around. I mean, is it similar kind of at the at the D three level in terms of just having that impact in some of the small college towns that uh, both Amherst is in and, and others? Yeah, the so the town of Amherst is interesting. We've got Amherst College, and then we've got UMass Amherst. Uh, which is right down the street from us, probably like a 10 minute walk from where my oh, dorm yeah. was last year. And they, and they love it when you call it UMass Amherst, I've learned. Yeah. Oh, really? I'm sorry. No, no I'm kidding. No, go on. No. <laughs> well, uh, so yeah. in terms of the town of Amherst, people are actually more invested in Amherst football than they are the Division One, which is right down the street um, with the Minutemen, I believe they're called. Yeah. Uh, because we've been more successful in the past. And so a, a lot of the locals, you know, they'll come out to watch the games. We don't have a huge stadium, but, you know, if you're repping Amherst football gear when you walk into, you know, the local CBS or something, somebody will always mention, like, oh, you know, how'd your game go last week? Uh, I think that's really cool because it's like, you know, we're Division three athletes, but at the same time, there are still people who are interested in how we played, you know, how, how the team's doing this year. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely similar to a small, small Texas towns. It's funny you mentioned that. Cause I, I actually, I, I went up there last year. Like to be, I, I covered oh, a really? UMass game and I remember <laughs> sitting in the press box and talking to some of the local reporters. And one, one of the guys that's, that, that's local, he had, I think it was like an Amherst Williams game up on yeah. his, on his laptop. He's like, my, my readership cares more about this yeah. than they, than they do, they do UMass UConn, which I don't, I don't think. I, I was a little surprised by that, you know, not just going by broad stereotypes of the Northeast. You don't typically right. think of that as like football crazy. But, um, yeah, I could, you know, from talking to people there, I the, the 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 people that are invested in football were very invested in what was happening at the with, with division, local division three programs. Yeah. I mean, the Amherst Williams rivalry. I mean, it's called the the biggest little rivalry in America for a reason. Uh, I mean, college game day was there. I think it was like 2007 or something crazy. Undefeated Amherst, undefeated Williams. Um, so it's a very storied rivalry, and it's really cool to play in every year because it's our our most attended game. Last year we were, or the last couple of years, we I mean we've been televised, you know, in Massachusetts, which uh, New England Sports Network or something. So it was pretty yeah. cool to go back through and be like. And watching it on the replay, and I'll be like, "Oh, there's me catching the ball on TV." 
you know, uh, so, I mean, it's, it's really cool just being at the division three level going in for, you know, from Texas high school football, I didn't expect much, but I definitely got more than what I anticipated. So. Did you play in front of more people in high school than you did in college? <laughs> I've actually gotten that question a lot from both <laughs> teammates and coaches. I'd yeah. say. Is it, so this is I, a safe space. It's okay. <laughs> I, I went to a really small high school. So, I mean, I'd say our stands are roughly the same size, but I think because at Amherst, people pack like the grass that's yeah. on, in, in the end zones. So I'd say more people go to the Amherst games than Episcopal School of Dallas games. You can drink up. in the grass, right? Yeah, I believe okay. I believe so. Yeah. I've seen plenty of alumni um, for homecoming <laughs> back in Rowdy in the, in the grass. So. <laughs> um, let me ask you something a little bit different. So, okay. you know, you're, you're at a place here where you don't have a ton of, of like coaching and administrative support to help people grow brands. And so I'm guessing right. these, these it seems like these communications are much more student driven. Mm-hmm. When you talk to other athletes, D3, D2, D1, are you finding that there are common misconceptions? Are there things that you see people not getting from their schools or things that you find yourself having to reiterate again and again? I find that a lot of the smaller market athletes in which I have conversations with, they get discouraged by seeing these athletes who are getting, you know, beats by Dre deals, Lamborghini deals just recently. Who did, what did CJ Stroud sign with? Aston Martin or something? He got a Bentley. 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 Yeah. And I got to tell you, as an Ohio, Ohio native, I didn't know you could buy a Bentley in Ohio, let alone a Bentley in Canton. Right. But, but there you go. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think one of the largest misconceptions that I've come across is that not a lot of big brand deals are going to be coming to smaller market athletes at the division three, which is totally incorrect because I myself have gotten some big ones. I mean, I've got body armor. You is one of them. I've got to deal with GoPuff. Um, and so it's just like, I think a lot of people automatically just give up because they're at a smaller market, which that's, you know, I try and discourage them from doing so because it's like, look, if I can do it at a division three level with somebody with with at a school with 2000, you know, students, there's no reason that, you know, other small market people can't do it. So kind of like an inspiration story, if you will. Sure. Do you for 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 small market people, right? For the the our friends at Oberlin and at Trinity oh, yeah. and at yeah, like you know uh, Cal Poly, you know uh, Division three version or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, for when you're talking, to, are, are these individuals you think are they more likely to maximize their earnings focusing on social media, even if they don't have more than three or four thousand followers, mm-hmm. or do you think that pursuing non social media based NIL opportunities will be likely to be more lucrative for them? I think regardless of your follower count, social media content creation is always going to be the way to go because, I mean, there's a lot of creative people out there. Um, I've started to become one of them. Um, I think that a lot, there's a lot of potential when it comes to social media. I mean, I've seen people with like 700 followers still getting NIL deals. The following doesn't count when it comes to these, what these brands are looking for, the brands are investing in the person. Um, so if they're, you know, I don't know if they're very personable, they've got a great personality. Brands are automatically going to look at you and be like, look, we really want you somebody as somebody on our team. We want to see the type of content you can create. Um, that's what I've come across because I started out, I was in like the two thousands range when I started. Um, and as I've started to get more deals and my follower count has slowly increased, which is nice, but I mean, that's definitely, something that was harder to start out with having a smaller following. 
Um, so just creating content, getting your face out there, not being scared to post, not caring about what other people think. That's one of the biggest pieces of advice I'll give to everybody. Brian, could you, can you just imagine somebody being afraid to post like that, that mindset sounds one, so mentally healthy, but so also completely like different from journalist brain where where I've been in the last 10 years, you know? I, I was just kind of thinking like, you know, you and I were, were both kind of like MySpace and you probably had to have a college email to sign up for, for Facebook. Yeah, like yeah. That, that's where we're, we're coming from. And, and, I, and I'm kind of curious, Jack, I mean, does it help that, you know, you're you're basically a social native. You've been using Twitter probably since high school. You've been on, on Instagram. Like, like does the, the kind of next generation that are coming in and approaching NIL, does it help from that content creation standpoint, knowing that uh, they've, they've really kind of been doing this for four or five, six years already? Yeah. Uh, people always like to make the joke about iPad kids. Well, soon enough, iPad kids are going to be out earning all of us. Um, Cause I mean, they've been on Very Twitter, cool. like you, like you mentioned, yeah. I've been on Twitter since, I don't even know, probably like 2015. And so I've seen all sorts of types of content being created. And uh, as I've started to become more active in the NIL space, I'm taking notes from other people. Um, not plagiarizing, just taking notes. Uh, and, and so I think as NIL begins, you know, to become one years, two years, three years old, these kids who are like in high school now, they're going to have everything laid out for them for exactly what brands are looking for. And that's going to be an advantage on their end. That's, that's a good point. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like I, I feel that I am reasonably tech adept. I feel very old when I have to engage with TikTok, which oh you know, which God. obviously came you know, well after I was old, like very established in this in this world, right? Um, man, my first computer was a three eighty six DX. Like I I I have distinct. Probably, Jack Todd doesn't even know what you're talking. I don't know. About. Did, well, I don't know what you're what talking that, about. What that but means? I'm smiling and laughing. No, <laughs> God damn it! I'm I'm 35. I'm not that old, right? No, this was this was a computer before Windows 95. This had DOS. Okay. Right, oh. like my, my, my first social media was kid pics and then printing it and like hanging it up in, in the room. Okay. Clearly, very different formative childhood experiences to people right. that had iPad. I didn't have high speed internet until I was like a senior. Wow. Um, <laughs> in high school. Like, I, I, I mean, like, I didn't have a smartphone until I got married. It's, it's a very, it's a different world. Yeah. God, I, now I know how Stephen Godfrey feels. Like, this is, this is, this, 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 this hurts a little bit. Um, Jack, let me get you out of here on this, right? But, but ahead of the summit, you're going to go talk to a bunch of other athletes, talk to a bunch of other brands. What is like the other thing I think what you've shared here, what would be some actionable advice that you would give to a college athlete, any mm-hmm. sport, any level that is NIL curious and, and not really sure what the, what the, the very first thing they should do? What, what would yeah. you advise them? Make your account public. That's the first piece of advice I'd give. Uh, brands need to see you and they're not going to be interested in looking at private accounts. They're not going to be interested in having to dig to find out who exactly you are behind that private account. Um, second off, I would probably give the advice that just start reaching out. What's the worst you can ha- that can happen? You don't get a response? I mean, I've sent out probably hundreds of emails asking about NIL and queries, and I probably haven't gotten a response to, I don't know, 50%, 60% of them. Um, which is still pretty good, actually. Probably like seventy five percent. I mean, that, that's yeah, that, that's that's better <laughs> yeah. than my. When I'm trying to get uh, get sponsors for this, right? Right, you're, right. You're doing yeah. better than I am, and I have more followers than you. <laughs> but but I think you know what's most important is just really just putting yourself out there. I mean, when I started off, I was really tentative about like, okay, if I post this, you know, are people going to be like, oh, you know, he's just selling out? But I mean, at the end of the day, like brands want to see somebody with a personality. Brands want to see your face. Um, and so just posting, you know, casual pictures of, you know, with 
caption as the song lyric or something. That's not the type of thing that brands want to see. They want to see thought. They want to see creativity being put into the stuff you post. Um, and yeah, I guess just reaching out, that's probably the number one thing. Uh, and social social media DMs, no go. Go email because it'll go right to somebody in customer service and customer service will send it to the appropriate people. Um, I've found the most success in email. So that's those are my, I guess, three and a half tips that I'd give. It's, it's, it's good advice. It, it, it is good advice in general. That generally, the worst that can happen when you ask for something is that they'll say no. Say no. And people, exactly. generally, people generally don't say yes if you don't ask them. Exactly. Um, Jack, thank you so much here for spending some time with us here. We'll see you ahead of the NIL Summit, um, and and, uh, and we'll, we'll chat with you again then. But we, we appreciate it. Good luck this season, and good luck this offseason. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It was, uh, it was a pleasure to be here, and great to talk about how the king of Division III NIL, I didn't give that to myself. Somebody gave that to me. Uh, how, how, how I've made uh, my fortune, if you will. All right. Take care. All right. Thank you all. Hey, you know, speaking of the importance of asking when you're trying to go get deals, let me go quickly tell everybody here about Home Field Apparel, a deal that we secured because we asked for it. And now over the radio, we're going to ask you to buy some stuff from them. So then you get a wonderful, comfortable, affordable collegiate uh, licensed apparel. And then we get money, money that we then use because we are irresponsible often on other home field things. Uh, I'm wearing a home field shirt right now. I'm wearing my Sebastian Ibis Miami shirt. Uh, you know, he's not smoking, unfortunately. We got we got Pistol Pete. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, uh, are, are you, are what, who is your favorite Pistol Pete? Because the thing I love about Oklahoma State is they have a version of this logo for like every one of their academic disciplines. There's like an accountant Pistol Pete. There's like a veterinarian Pistol Pete. Do you have a favorite? Well, the, the, the vet one, that, that is that is a pretty good one. Uh, I think, any, I mean, they're all, it's like picking your own, your favorite child. Like they're, they're all so good. And and a lot of them are on the home field site. You, you, you can get you, various versions on the, these shirts. So it, Brian, it, your, it, your wife doesn't listen to the show. Do you have a favorite child? Um, and maybe my daughter. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. My, my son's too young to where it's like, uh, you know, that, that, might, listen, that might change, but uh, she, yeah, she's, listen, she's too cute to uh, not say, yeah, you're kind of the favorite right now. Yeah, and, that, and that's okay. Listen, you know, I don't care if Penelope and Estella are listening to this. My favorite is whoever goes to bed correctly, yes, who doesn't require is... two hours of intervention. So right now, Estella, I know you're adorable, but uh, you are a decided number two on the list and you know what you did. Um, she's not listening. That's fine. But you are listening here. You're not here to hear about my troublesome children who won't go to bed on time. You're here to hear about collegiate apparel. Uh, our friends, they, this is another season of Big News Saturday. They just dropped uh, Arizona last week, which was truly outstanding. And th th this coming week, I said on the air, I wasn't really into Clemson. Uh, just because or I think orange or purple is kind of a tough design. And then they teased. Did you see the marching band one that they teased? So good. So good. So, I, I, I might end up buying it. I don't even like I don't even like Clemson. Uh, nobody, nobody who spent time in Columbus likes Clemson. But it's uh, you got it's got music notes in its eyes. And it's like playing the it's playing it's in the marching band. So I don't know. Um, the, clearly, the good brand has found a way to tug at my heartstrings. I hope they do the same for you. And if they do. Use promo code extra points, all one word, to save 15% off that first order. Get yourself some affordable, some unique licensed apparel, extremely soft shirts, and help support one of your 10 favorite college sports podcasts, I'm hoping. Um, this was this was an interesting conversation. I, I, I am forever trying to figure out ways to talk about this coverage and move it into 
things that are more practical, that are more applied, right? There is no, there's no Amherst Collective. The Amherst Collective is just like Wall Street, right? Or like Madison Avenue or the World Bank <laughs> or something like that, right? It's not built around athletics. You really have to kind of do things the old fashioned way. But a lot of that advice, um, even if it's not replicable everywhere, because obviously he's coming in here with some advantages that not everybody else has, making the ask and spending that time often really does um, bear fruit, right? Yeah. And I, I think it kind of speaks to, you know, the, the go-getters in college, no matter what, like even, even before the NIL era, the, the people that are starting their own companies that are going out there kind of pounding the pavements, like the the ones that are not only on the forefront of things, but they're the ones that, that are doing well. And I think Jack's a, Jack is a great encapsulation of that in this NIL era. It doesn't really matter, you know, really the size of your school, you know, that there's a market for, for all of this. And uh, companies are, are recogniz- recognizing that. Uh, the athletes are recognizing their value to, to a lot of these places. And and it's all about taking advantage of, of this this rare opportunity where, where you are on this college campus where you can kind of you know, benefit from a larger brand, in this case, Amherst, uh, and, and, and use it for your own. And uh, it, it's been kind of the, the good side of, of the NIL discussions. You know, I, I think every it gets lost a little bit in terms of all the, the focus on the on the John Ruiz's and the Texas A&M collectives and all this stuff. Like, yes, th- those are generating headlines, but it is bringing real value to, to a lot of these athletes and really teaching them about real life as we, we kind of got into there. Yeah, all, all, all very important. I, I don't want to sit here and tell people that doesn't matter where you go. Like, are you going to have more advantages as a division one athlete than a division three athlete? Yes. <laughs> In part, because a lot of this stuff is still in some level dependent on your follower count, but it, that your follower count is not destiny. And you can grow that in other places. And I don't mind saying this, like he, this guy's making more money than we are in, from, from sponsorship sales and like ad deals and extra points reaches a larger audience uh, on social and in like dedicated email than he does via, via social media accounts. And, it, you know, and that, that's a credit to what he's doing. Like that's this, this, these are, these are hustles that I think if it's important to you, other athletes at this level really can't take advantage of. I mean, that's that's just sports, you know, in, in general. I mean, how, how many times do you talk about uh, when you have an N- NBA free agent, right? You know, and you talk about the size of the market. If they went to the Lakers, they could do these sort of deals. Like, like that's, the, that's the same everywhere, especially at the college level. But it doesn't mean you can't make money. I mean, LeBron is a, a billionaire athlete, and uh, he spent a big chunk of his career in, in Cleveland, which is not the, the biggest market a, at all. So, like, you, you can understand that there are market sizes, but you can overcome those, you know, in, in certain respects. And so I, I think it's just kind of coming down to how much value can, can you get out of your own place, but but also how much can you create it for, for yourself and for your school? It's, it's a great point. These are some of the things that are going to be talked about at the NIL Summit that Jack is attending, that I am attending. Are you going to be there too, Brian? I am not. You're not? Okay. So I, I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. I'm going to be I'm headed back to Atlanta in, in a little bit here. There's going to be a bunch of other athletes, including some of the other people that he discussed there, along with other brands, uh, along with other entities that are involved in this space. Uh, I, I understand this isn't everyone's cup of tea, but like th- this, th- this is a pretty big, uh, important event, and, and we're going to try to get some other information out of that. We appreciate Jack spending some time here with us. You can find lots of other coverage, including things that have nothing to do with NIL, at extrapointsmb.com. That is your uh, newsletter that covers the off-the-field forces that shape college athletics. You can find lots of other original I- video interviews all across Collegiate Sports Connect. And if you enjoyed this show, I've noticed that several of you have been doing this recently. And for this, we are deeply appreciative. Um, you can find this show anywhere you can get on, on uh, you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, on YouTube. If you enjoy it, uh, leave a five-star review. Say something nice about us. Share us with Reddit and with Twitter and with Facebook and TikTok and 
Pinterest, LinkedIn. Am I forgetting anything? I mean, my, there's my probably some platform out there. I mean, if you want to throw us on like uh, Weibo or something like that, I mean, you just just uh, wherever yeah, you might. I mean, uh, we, might we be can leave Prayler right out of this, right? Yeah, but but what Weibo and and you know bodybuilding.com forums or whatever, wherever wherever you are, let them know about going for two. Uh, thank you for sticking with us here. We got some stuff that we're really excited about in the next couple of days. Uh, I'm Matt. That's Brian. This has been going for two. Thanks everybody. We'll see you later on the internet. Yeah.